Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com and my favorite daily fantasy site, Draft.com, where if you use the promo code BOXES, when you sign up, you will get a free entry to your first draft. I am your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? You know, Mike, I was wondering about this. Uh, listen, we, we haven't had a, a podcast in a couple weeks. Uh, we're back. We're, we're getting back in the swing of things. The All-Star break was a lot of fun, and you're already starting with this. Well, you know, I like to keep you on your toes here. It so wakes me up for the, at the what show. what point in the standings, like how many games behind do you have to get? Do you think before you realize you're a trashy organization especially when it's happened like 10 years in a row um are you talking about fancy basketball or real basketball i'm talking about real basketball organization talk about real basketball my ownership uh conglomerate that i have because i feel like when you're 30 games back of the best team in the league and you only have 20 wins you need to like reevaluate your life situation I mean, uh, it's a complicated it's a complicated question because, like, isn't that what you're going for? If you suck, shouldn't you suck the most, especially in a year like this year? Yeah, but I feel like some of these teams just do it every single year. I'm looking at you, Brooklyn. I'm looking at you, Sacramento. Well, the Brooklyn Brooklyn is a six. We, we talked about this seven, eight years ago when everybody was sitting around looking, watching that trade happen and going, "Oh God." Brooklyn's going to be terrible for like a half a decade. Here it is. It's a half a decade later, and they're 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 terrible still. Um, I would actually say Orlando has uh, the most explaining to do. I feel like yeah, Orlando's right there. Yes. It is crazy to me though that there are that many teams that are just huddling at the bottom. Yeah, they're throwing games, um, and for some reason the Bulls haven't gotten figured it out. They need to be throwing games. I I watched the Memphis Grizzlies just dribble out with the ball out in front of them for the last, like, five minutes of the fourth quarter. The Spurs were just stealing the ball and dunking all over them and, like, went on, like, a 20-point run to barely win the game. And uh, it's just – it's – it's something has to be done because it was criminal what I watched tonight with the Memphis Grizzlies tanking out of their mind. And – I heard a cool prop, yeah, um, proposal the other day where it said that, like, just give the teams with the three worst records, like, or the two worst records, the top two picks, and then give, the th- like, the third or the fourth overall pick to, like, the first team that misses the playoffs. So that way mm, it'll incentivize you. Well, but here's the thing, okay? So if you really suck. Like really suck because there are going to be times where teams just their their draft pick flames out, whatever. Like if they're a small market team, their their star finally retires. I mean, I think we're seeing it with Dallas, right? Like the sun is setting on Dirk Nowitzki's career, and they don't really have the type of player to replace him. And so, I, I don't think you want to like make those teams in hell forever, right? Like you don't want to keep giving it to like the next best team that misses the playoffs because that team's going to eventually make the playoffs and teams at the bottom, bottom will stay at the bottom forever. Mm. But I feel like if you, 
like just that one or two in there. Like not all of these teams. Like I mean, look at from Chicago down in the standings. There is there there are four teams with twenty wins. Two teams with nineteen wins. Memphis has eighteen. The Bulls have twenty one. That's eight teams right there, right? That's, eight, that's your eight team lottery. Like the and there's there's about eight good players coming but out of I, this draft. I feel like some of those teams would be trying to win more games right now if they knew that only the top two picks and then they like then the wins actually help them. I think Dallas would them. be trying to win more games because I know they're capable of it. Um, I think Memphis is capable of it too. trying to win games. That's what's hilarious. Well, Sacramento, oh my lord. I wrote an article just the other day about how why are they still playing Zach Randolph and starting him like every other game and playing him 30-some minutes a game? Like, what are you still, thinking? They're still doing it. Yeah, but but now they decided that he rests every other game. So every other game they start Scalabissier and give him 30 minutes. Who who has looked pretty good. Yeah, I always think he looks pretty all right. Like, in comparison to Zebo, like – is Zebo even a better player right now? That's a fair question, I think. Yeah, I, that is a fair question because I think Zebo has more um, pretty blatant skills, but like he can't stay in front of guys and, and, run, def- and run the floor. Like the only guy he can defend is a tree. He could defend a tree because he doesn't have to move. Yeah, but he if he can move, he can he defend. Can't, he can't stay in front of you, Jaja Pachulia. So maybe I mean, he, maybe not even Jaja. Because, I mean, he was never a fast man, and I, I think I said this in the article. Like, he never was blessed with some with good foot speed. or, But he always had a big body. But now it's like, I mean, literally, I don't see anybody he stays in front of. Like, if you try to drive on him, you go right past him. And yeah, he can't he, protect the rim. Like, he can't be one of those, like, just I sit under the rim and try to block shots because he's never been able to do that. No, Escalabassier in his starts, uh, his three starts, has been uh, fantasy relevant, you know. And quite frankly, he's probably one of the the guys that I'm I'm either watching or picking up to spot start as we go down the stretch. But now I have to deal with the fact that he's going to play 25 minutes when Zach Ranoff plays, and he's going to play hopefully 32 minutes, 33 minutes when he starts. Yeah, and I just – I mean, I just don't get it. Like, just let him play 30 minutes every yeah. game. Like, just who cares? Like, Well, what, what, what's going on here? Like, why are you why are you hindering the progress of one of your young players? He's 22 freaking years old. Because it's the old boys club and Jaeger and Randolph are, are buddies, man. That's, that's the only reason. Plus, I think Jaeger's yeah. afraid to tell Zach Randolph, like, you're not playing anymore, bro, because he might be afraid Zach Randolph might – well, Zach Randolph either – I, I don't think Zach Randolph – he's a little too old to, to lose it. I think Zach Randolph will happen. Oh, you're not going to start anymore, Zach Randolph. That's, that's cool, man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to peace out. And uh, all of a sudden, we just won't see Zach Randolph anymore. Like He'll just be like up in the hills, smoking bong – doing bong rips. And more power to him. Like, it's you know, respect. That's where I would be if I was rich in California. <laughs> Up no in the comment. hills, up in the hills, doing bong rips. No comment on any of that. I'm not. I'm not gonna go there. You're not gonna incriminate yourself. I'm not incriminate myself. Well, don't worry. Uh, soon, there will be no criminals. Hopefully, but 
This is not a podcast about the legalization of marijuana, even though we should start one of those. Um, this is a fancy basketball podcast. And if you're playing fancy basketball right now, chances are if you're in a head-to-head league, because Roto, respect all my Roto players out there, uh, you're playing the uh, pretty much the, the mature game the uh, better game. And, uh, you know, a lot of people say, Mike, it doesn't matter if people like what they like. It's all good if they're having a good time. You're wrong. Roto is the best format. But as a lot of you do, you play head-to-head, and you are probably on your way into the playoffs. It is playoffs time, Tyler. Are you excited about this? Well, I always think that's exciting in the sense that um, just like in real basketball, the games kind of mean more. Um, you you care a little bit more about your pickups, maybe. You you do a little more research than just going, oh, Scalabissier looks good. He's been playing like 30 minutes. I guess I'll pick him up, right? You kind of You think, actually look to see if Zach Randolph's going to start or not. Well, and you actually see maybe what categories you need for the week. Like, oh, man, I, I feel like I'm good in rebounds, so Scal's not going to help me that much. Really what I need is assists, so I'm going to pick up someone who's going to give me some assists. Um, so you just play a little bit smarter, probably to spend a little bit more time into it. So that's kind of the, uh, the start. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, a lot of, I like the leagues that do the two week playoffs. Um, I feel like that is a better representation of who is the better player. You know, one week, one guy can get pretty lucky. Um, there was a week, I believe in our listener league, which is, um, a longer league, but we are headed towards that playoffs. And uh, I think in our listener league, I, I lost like five categories by like, you know, a game. Like if I, if one guy had like one good game, I would have, I, I would have, it would have been switched. Um, but our league is um, coming down to the stretch, a very hot week for yours Ooh. truly going I'll seven give, to two against the Sloan Ranger and taking over third place. I'll give a shout out to uh, one of your, your favorite players. Um, so I was in a head-to-head league last year, and in the final matchup, yeah, um, I was I was like, oh, I'm going to win points, and and points was really the category it was going to come down to, and uh, your boy old Willie Barton dropped a 35 spot in the final week. That's right, Will Barton. Win. He had 35. He had a 35 and a 22 point game in that week, and I remember losing by like three points. So your boy Willie Barton pretty much cost me the championship. Yeah, that's what you get. That's what you get for talking crap about Will Barton and not thinking he's any good. Because once again, down the stretch, Will Barton is a top fantasy player. And uh, you think he just waits till like half the teams don't care, and then he just rips it up? Like he's just like waiting for those yeah. teams to be like, you know what? That's exactly it. We stink, and then he's just like, you know what? I'm Will Barton, man. I'm just gonna go nuts. Let around sometime around late February, Will Barton's like. Oh yeah, I I I'm really good at basketball, and then he just he destroys teams personally. I thought maybe he just like started eating his Wheaties like right about that time. Like I'm just gonna finally eat my Wheaties and take you guys out. I'm tired of this. He comes on when it matters, and that's all that matters. Um, I don't know why he wouldn't be owned in every single freaking league in the first place, let alone right now. Uh, but you know, surprisingly, I'm not sure Will Barton has been th- that popular up until the last few weeks where he is, is in the last month uh Nagreta we had our uh all-star break so it was only an 11 game sample but in the, an 11 game sample in the last month 
in a roto league, he is the ninth best player. Oh, well, it's been good, man. That's crazy. I'm not entirely sure why anyone wouldn't have – why he would be on any waiver wire anywhere, even in the the Super Shallow Leagues. But uh, when it comes to the playoffs, uh, you got to switch up your strategy. And um, you're right. You're taking a little bit more serious. You are looking at the matchups. You're maximizing your games. You're probably maximizing your games anyway if you're, you've gotten to the playoffs. You know what you're doing. You're listening to this podcast. Um, you already know the basics. But what are, what are some of the um, advanced strategies? What are some, of the, um, some of the things you have to let go from your regular, regular season strategy um, that will help you succeed in the playoffs? Um, well, we get we can get into a little discussion about the finals matchup here in a few weeks because I I might change things up even again during my finals matchup, knowing that it's the very last one. Um, well, yeah, but, I think that's that's pretty obvious, and I think you're headed in the in the same direction I am. But as far as like in this this first round, and and you know, I mean, I mean, it depends on how many teams your playoffs let in. If you if you're a team with a buy, let's say, okay, don't go to sleep this week. Okay, no. your team has like six playoff teams, and you've got to buy. Don't go to sleep. You got to be watching the games. You got to be looking for injuries. You don't want to get caught with your pants down, not picking up the guy that could be the the difference maker. In fact, you know you you want to use this week to really um, maximize your uh, your bench, the guys you were dropping anyway, the guys you're streaming. Get them all on board now when no one's paying attention for next week. Yeah, and you yeah, want to look. We're going to play four games. Yeah, you want to look at next week's schedule and know, like, okay, this is this is the guy I want next week, man. This is my pickup. I'm going to hold for next week. And you want to take and look at your two uh, matchups, the two p- potential matchups for next week, and scout them out too. What are they good at? What are they bad at? Um, maybe you, maybe they dominate everybody in assists. So you're like, all right, I don't need to go after any of those point guards down, uh, on the end or at the top of my waiver wire. Uh, I'm going to actually go after a bunch of big men because this guy's going to dominate me in assists no matter what, because I'm not that good in assists. So you, you, you want to make sure you are legitimately going, like you're trying to match up against one single person. Now you don't want to drop everybody on your team just for just to win one week. Uh, desperate times obviously costs uh, call for desperate measures, and um, but round one is not desperate times. Um, and we can talk a little bit about next week because next week's a very interesting week as far as fantasy goes. Um, there are three very heavy days on the schedule and and four very light days. And so that's going to make the streaming a little harder on Tuesday, on Thursday, and on Saturday. You're probably not going to be able to stream anybody in. So you're only going to have really four days where you can stream some guys. Um, If you're looking ahead to that week, I'll say the absolute best schedule next week is the Sacramento Kings. They have four games, and they have three games on light schedule days. Um, So if you're looking to pick somebody up for next week, like if you have a bye, um, any of those Kings players, and, and a lot of them are not, that highly owned. Um, you got guys like Scalabissier. Frank Mason's been playing pretty well. Um, if you're in a kind of deeper league, that might be someone you want to look at who's probably not owned hardly at all. 
Um, obviously, you got Bogdan Bogdanovich, Willie Cauley Stein, all those, De'Aaron Fox, all those guys should be owned and held. Yeah, we've um, been saying that for a while. You know, those guys should be owned for sure. Buddy Healed, I mean, if you're looking for points and threes, Buddy's going to be good. Yeah, you, you, this is the perfect time to look ahead, figure out, maximize your games, maximize your pickups and drops, you know, plan them out. You can see your schedule. You can look ahead a week. Probably you can look at it two weeks. Like, just get you know get to work. This is what you've been playing for all season. In my case, when I'm playing a head-to-head, I'm usually streaming somewhere between one and and three players. And I actually will probably depending on who these players are. You know, if I if if my uh, fourth worst player is like Nicholas Batum, he's not getting dropped. But I'll I'll start streaming up to four to five players by the end of the week. Uh, maybe not at the beginning of the week, but by the end of the week, I want to maximize my game. I want to stream as much as humanly possible. And guys who weren't expendable in the regular season become expendable in the playoffs because this is this is it. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, I'll give a shout out to uh, Mr. Hashtag Basketball himself, uh, Joseph Mamoni, just posted his rest of season nine category rankings based on the games that are left in fantasy basketball just a few hours ago. So you can go to Hashtag Basketball and look at that. Um, If you also click on the Fantasy Basketball Projections page, those are updated roughly three times a week. so we have a lot of great tools for you to use to see like, oh man, this player is looking really good down the stretch. He's got a lot of games like James Harden still has 20 games left. I mean, the Rockets have a ton of games left. They have the most of any team probably. Yeah. Like and that's important. That's important in a roto league too. You know, if your trade deadline has passed or is is coming, you know, a lot of people's trade deadlines I think are right around this this moment. Um, at least in the leagues I play, we we like to extend past the All Star break and the actual real NBA trade deadline. Um, and hey, if you're in a roto league and you're behind on games, which don't get behind too far behind on games, and we can switch to a little roto talk now. But like right now, you do not want to be drastically behind in games because you're thinking to yourself. Oh, I can just I can catch up real quick. I got a bunch of guys on the bench. Don't worry about it. Mm, you'd be surprised how long it actually does take to make up six, seven games, because you got to time it just right. And down the stretch, your starters, some of them are going to be sitting. Well, yeah, and, and there's, it, there's, those are extra games you're going to miss. Well, yeah, and if you're you know six games ahead in a spot, right, like shooting guard, well, you can only play one shooting guard a day. There's only so many days left in your season. You know what I mean? If you're if your playoffs end in three weeks, you know what I mean? Like Yeah. You basically have to play someone in that spot every single day. Well, if your two shooting guards you have on your roster both play on Wednesday, but neither one of them play on Thursday, that ain't gonna help you. That's a huge problem at this point. And that that you should be addressing it right now. And also say this for you know, there are a lot of head-to-head leagues that that have a games maximum right like okay we're playing 50 games this week maximum 
Mm-hmm. Reach the maximum. Play 50 games. On ESPN, if you're at 49 games going into Sunday or Saturday, whatever day, doesn't matter, you can play a full roster that day. Yeah. You can let you go over the maximum. Do that's, it. That's a that's an old pro tip. The um the, the limits number there is um on the last day of the uh season on a roto league, you can get a couple extra games in. But yeah, you're right. On the head-to-head leagues, it's the same thing. If you're not playing that, if you're maxing out those games, then you're you're just not doing it right. Yeah, I mean, don't leave that. And here's another thing I I'll try to do too. I'll maximize the minutes in a lot of leagues. Like um, we were talking just before the the pod started about a little debate we were having between two players, and I'm like, I'll take the guy who's getting the consistent minutes. Like, well, let's you know, let's let the the listeners in on who we were, we were talking about. I am, and this is one of my expendable guys uh, that I was not expendable during the regular season. Coming up here, Miles Turner, who has been underperforming, underachieving all year, um, probably still concussed from week one, is is struggling enough for me to say, listen, if you got two games that you're going to miss, you know, and, and, and Miles Turner right now has a pretty decent schedule. But uh, next week, uh, I'd have to go look. But if he's got a, a two-game layoff and there's not that many games left, I'm going to drop this guy because you can go out and get John Collins or Jared Allen who are putting up similar numbers, though not as consistent. Tyler's going to uh, do the counter argument, But it it's not worth it to hold on to these in a standard league – no, it always depends on the size of your league. To these mediocre guys, when it's coming down to the stretch, those guys are expendable if the right circumstance and the right player off the waiver wire is available. Oh yeah, and, and I don't necessarily disagree, right? Like at some point, you're just shooting the moon. If the Nets told you tomorrow, and they're never going to do this, that Jared Allen was going to play 30 minutes in every game for the rest of the season. I mean, that would drastically change a player's value. And you might be willing to drop a player like Miles Turner for Jared Allen. Um, But to me, it comes down to consistency of minutes. Jared Allen in the last three games, 29, 38, 30 minutes. So he looks pretty safe right now for 30 minutes a game. Jared Allen, last three games, 17, 34, 28. If you keep Mm -hmm. going back a little further, 23, 26, 20, 18. I mean – if I'm looking at these two players, I'm trying to maximize my minutes because I think both guys can do some pretty good things on the floor. I think both guys could get you a 20-point game. Both guys can get 10 rebounds. Both guys can get a few assists, get a few steals, get a few blocks. So to me, I want the guy who's going to play the more consistent minutes, and I just feel like that's Miles Turner. Um, oh, yeah, certainly. But I, I'm not I'm not dropping Miles Turner, who's playing tonight, for Jared Allen, who's playing tonight. It's more of a I don't mind losing Miles Turner to the waiver wire if he can be replaced by guys who are playing more games as the week goes on. So if he's only got one game left this week and there's four more days left in the week, Jared Allen's got two. Uh, I'm going to make the move. You might not get him back on your waiver. Someone might snag him up. But what's left? There's you know another week, two weeks of playoffs. Well, and this is an important thing to say too, right? Like. At some point, this could be your last week. Yeah. Right? Like, if we get to Friday 
and you're way behind and there's no games limit and you need to catch up. I don't care if Miles Turner's your your fifth best player. If he doesn't play anymore, you might want to cut him. Like this is this this is your last week as far as you're concerned. Like if you don't make a huge comeback, yeah, you, don't, you don't play anymore and you need games. So you might have to cut. And yeah, sure, the guy you're playing next week might pick up Miles Turner and use him to beat you, but you made it one week further than you were going to. Yeah, there's definitely a line, and I I don't know the line is different for everybody, and and depending on the size of their league. But you know, I'm not dropping Steph Curry because he's got Saturday and Sunday off. Like that's that's just not worth it, because he'll be picked up obviously immediately, and he will beat you next week. Uh, versus someone like Miles Turner, who is good but not a game changing. Fancy player this this I would season. say in a standard ten team league, the line is actually pretty high. I would say like if you're a top fifty player, I probably wouldn't drop you. Anybody outside the top fifty, I'd probably cut you to try to win the week if you didn't play yeah. any more games. That's a fair line. I like that in, line. In the twelve team league, the line would drop to probably like top seventy five, top eighty. Yeah, I don't you know, I might not drop it that far. Just because I feel like Desperate times, man. But I mean it, and and that's it. Like, especially I mean, well, like your league plays for a little bit of coin. Yeah. And you know the top four teams get money. Get in that top four. Like you know, what I mean, you got to make the semis to get money, and this is the the round of you know the quarterfinal round. <laughs> you know, I might I might cut just about anybody to try to get the coin. So, the playoffs they're complicated. Um, anything can happen, but that's the whole point. This is why we play and, um, you know, good luck out there. And if you have any other playoff questions, you know, a lot of people have different playoff styles with the two weeks versus one week. Feel free to hit us up, you know, tweet at us and uh, message us. And we will be willing to answer those questions to you on Twitter and provide them to the listeners as well. So we, uh, a lot of teams are going on their playoffs right now. And if you need some help with your playoffs or just have a general question about the playoffs, uh, feel free to tweet at me, watch the boxes, or Tyler at Watsy4444. Let's get into some of the news that's happened over the last uh, few weeks. There's um, some of the, I guess, fallout from all the trades and uh, kind of level set here because this is the time of the year where people come out of nowhere. You know, Will Barton is top 10 player. That's not out of nowhere, though. He, he's always a top 10 player within, in the last month and a half of the season. Like, that's pretty normal. Um, but if you go back and listen to how we dissected that, uh, all the Cavaliers trades, we uh, went out there and, and said, you need to be picking up Larry Nance Jr. And uh, I, time is told that Larry Nance Jr., is starting to get a lot more money. The first few of those games, he wasn't getting too many minutes. But now he seems to be playing at a, a consistent clip, and he's thriving playing with you know someone as talented and um, um, just able to, to see the court like LeBron does. Well, and that Tristan Thompson injury obviously opened up some more minutes for him. And, I mean, I think he's going to take advantage of that. Uh, just tonight, he had a big twenty-two and fifteen game. Um, the the great thing about Larry Nance 
has always been the defensive stats. Like even when he was playing for the Lakers, he was a, a standard league viable pickup all the time. And I wouldn't even hate it if you held him in the sense that he always got really good steal numbers. Now you want the block numbers to come up a little bit, but I mean, 1.3 steals a game, like in deeper leagues, you get six rebounds and 1.3 steals a game with pretty good percentages. Like that was almost worth owning in like 14, 16 team leagues. Like that's a guy I would probably hold on to because he's good in a couple categories. And that was, and, uh, that's in 22 minutes a game. That, so I mean, and, and now you if you're figuring he's going to play 30, like those numbers could be real nice for the Cavs. Absolutely. I think he is a must own if he is available in your league. Go out there and pick him up right now because his percentages are, are solid and his free throw is not great, but you know, it's not gonna destroy you. Uh for all you roto cats out there, turnovers are non existent. And then one of those rare categories, rebounds. If he's gonna be playing starters minutes, he's gonna be in a he, he could be approach a double digit rebounder. And I think he's also going to be probably like a steal and a half at least. Yeah. Which, which that's that's big money there. Maybe even almost a block. I could see and, it. And down the stretch, a guy coming off your waiver wire, putting up 10 rebounds, steal and a half. Uh, right there alone, I would, I'm interested, you know, let alone a, a good field goal percentage and maybe even a block a game. Uh, are there any other uh, down the stretch playoff warriors that you've been um, – keeping an eye on lately i feel like there's a lot of guys who get real sneaky this time of year and and this is an important thing to watch and this is something i look at kind of every night when just looking at the box scores um look for guys who are just like doing something as far as minutes that they haven't really done all year especially on these teams that aren't really competing um, they're, they're all going to start just going, all right, well, let's see what we got with this player. Let's see what we got with this player. And, um, a good example lately, you know what I mean? Like Marquise Chris is getting a ton of minutes and Alex Len's really not getting any for the Suns, right? Like the Suns have decided that they're basically going to play. They're going to play Josh Jackson. They're going to play Marquise Chris. They're going to play Booker, Peyton, TJ Warren, Draga Bender. They're going to play all those guys a ton of minutes. And, pretty much forget the rest. And yeah. I was like, Marquise Chris might be really valuable down the stretch. Now he's not the perfect guy, but you're going to see more and more teams that are out of the race start doing this. Just going, these are the six or seven or eight guys we really want to see what we got with. We're going to give them a crap ton of minutes and just forget all these rest of the guys. Like if you own Tyson Chandler or Alex Len right now, I'd drop both. Get rid of them. They're yeah, they got to go. They're just not going to play. It's, I mean, and that's going to happen. Like, there's going to be guys, especially on these tanking teams, where they just go, we're done. You're going to play tw- 20 minutes a game, 12 minutes a game, zero minutes a game. And guys are going to come out of the woodwork in, um, in a what I assume was a tanking move, but I feel like it's um, a bad tanking move because I think this guy is very good. David Nwaba has started the last six games for the Chicago Bulls. And has put up some really good across-the-board stats, and his steals um, have been incredible. Now, it's it's a small sample size for sure, but I don't know why you wouldn't want to pick that guy up in your in your standard leagues. Um, he's, he's kind of in the, the lower end of those standard leagues, but he is standard league relevant when he is starting and playing 31, 32 minutes a game. 
I, I got this question just yesterday, and I'll, I'll pose it to you. Um, pick up for the rest of the season. You can have David Nawaba or Jamichael Green. Oh, pretty good question. Um, I well, yeah, I'm obviously biased. I think I've been on uh, David Nawaba for a very long time. Uh, I I just thought he should have been playing more in general. He he's got a very good uh. Just good athleticism. He's incredibly quick. But, um, man, Jermichael Green, on the other hand, I just don't know what Memphis is going to do. Like, why in the world would Jermichael Green not play, start, and play extended minutes? There's, like, no one behind him. I'm probably going to go... Oof. I'm probably going to go with Jermichael Green because here in... Two and a half, three weeks out of nowhere, David Nwaba could just go right back to the bench, and I don't see that happening for Jermichael Green. That's fair. I went the exact other way, and here's why. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna make a a statement that's not gonna be super good for people because people seem to love this player, but like, what does Jermichael Green do that's special? Not a whole lot. He's a good rebounder. That's it. That's it. That's, that's the only one. He's, he's a good rebounder. He hits occasional three. He but he kind of shoots the block. clock percentage mm-hmm. from the field for a big man, right? For a power forward, like 45% is not what you want. 75% from the free throw lines, okay for a big guy. 1.3 assists, that's not really helping you much. Now, can't even get you half a block, barely over half a steal, 10 points. Like, Give me Nawaba, man. If he's playing 30 minutes, he's going to get you like 1.2 steals a game. He's averaging over half a block a game in 22 minutes on the season. He's shooting a good field goal percentage. right? He's going to shoot some threes. He's going to get some rebounds. He's going to get more assists. He's probably going to get similar points. Like I went with Nawaba just because I feel like the defensive stats are going to make a difference. And Jermichael Green just really doesn't give you anything in those categories. If you can guarantee me Dave Nawaba to start for the rest of the year, then I'm with you. I don't see why they don't. I mean, they, they said they want to see what they got in this guy. So, I mean, why stop now? He's Who are you going to play over him? He's better than Denzel Valentine, that's for sure. That's what I mean. I think they've come to that conclusion. Like, Denzel Valentine's not a, a piece we're building around. Maybe David Nawaba could be. Let's see. Let's see for the last 15 games, 20 games, what this guy is. Um, Yeah, so... Jermichael Green is just not a guy I'm going to be super interested in fantasy at any point going forward. Like, even if this guy next year is the starter for the Grizzlies, like... He's as good as he is right now. Like, who cares? So, I mean, like, I'm going to let somebody else take him probably because I don't think he does anything that's special other than eight rebounds, which, okay, he gives you eight rebounds, but... If you need rebounds, that's great. But he's at that bottom of the barrel at a standard league kind of... Possibly, no, possibly even as in, in the playoffs, he's definitely a streamer. With no upside. I mean, like, I don't see any upside for this guy to, like, vault into the top 100. Like, he's already 27. No, none. Like, he just is what he is. He's a crappy field goal percentage, good rebounder, who doesn't get you defensive stats and only scores 10 points a game. Well, let me throw another hypothetical at you. Who would you rather have for the rest of the season, David Nawaba? Or the resurging Justice Winslow? That's good. 
Very huh? similar players. You know, and old old Justice, man, he's he's a tough nut to crack. He's a tough guy to peg he's, a little bit. He's been in my – I mean, like, granted, he's been um, kind of injury-plagued over the last two seasons. And we we haven't really got a good stint of, of playing time out of him. Every once in a while he'll put together a game that's really, really absurd. But he's often missing in action. Uh, against Phoenix – Tonight, he had an absurd line. Uh, 12 points, 12 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 steals. That's a lot. Uh, against Memphis, now granted, these are trash teams that he's putting up points against. Uh, in only 28 minutes, 17 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, 3 steals, and a block. He's got that 9-cat-across-the-board type of ability and um, he is playing a little bit more with some of the injuries that are on um, that are happening in Miami. Let me ask you this question, and this kind of maybe is, is a good talking point. Okay, so the one thing we've seen from Justice Winslow in his three, albeit two, relatively short seasons in the NBA is he is not a good field goal percentage shooter. No. Okay, but he's been really hot. Like the last five games, he is shooting over fifty percent. Okay, we're getting still only, the, still only scoring eleven points, though. Fact, but Amazing. we're getting to the po- point in the season where there's a very short sample left, right? Yeah. And over short samples, basically anything can happen, right? Like, could Justice Windows shoot over fifty percent for the rest of the season? Yes, it is possible. Yeah, sure. Is it likely? No. No, but. Are you a man who wants to ride a hot hand? Like say, okay, let's say Justice Winslow is playing tomorrow and I don't know, name a similar player who is is just being okay right now. Like Justice Winslow has been pretty hot for Justice Winslow. You just read off the game he had tonight. He's had over two steals in each of the last three games. And if you go back his last seven games, he's had four steals, two steals, two steals. Then he didn't steal any. Then he had three games in a row where he had three steals. So he's hot in steals. Could destroy, I mean, that could win you a week. That could win you a playoff round. That could win you a roto league. Just those 10, 10 11 steals. In so he's hot in steals. Games. He's he's getting minutes, right? Like, he's, he's just on a hot run right now. Yeah. So are you going to take a guy who's steady across the board, or are you going to take the hot run? Because we know the bottom could drop out at any time, right? Like, we've seen games just uh, about two weeks ago. He had a 16-minute game where he was one for six from the field and did pretty much nothing. At this phase of the season, I think you have to play the hot hand. And that's kind of where I'm at, too. Like, if you give me if Joe he falls Steady, off the earth, drop him. That's what I mean. Just cut him. Like, there's not, there's no nothing lost at that point, right? Like, other than you you wasted a game for yourself. Sure. You might have got three good games and one bad. Hey, that's, that's better than the reverse. And... That's another thing to say is like, I mean, you said it about Will Barton, right? Like, oh, he's a top 10 player, like right at the end of the season. Like anybody could be a top 10 player. In the short sample size, like if your playoffs only last for two weeks, you play two one-week matchups, you could look back and like almost any guy who's playing 25 to 30 minutes a game could be a top 10 player. Just because, oh, Will Barton got hot and had a 40-point game and a 30-point game. Yeah. Lonzo Ball is hot right now. And actually finally making his shot a little bit. Yeah, he's shooting uh, much better from three-point. 
Tobias Harris is looking good, and he should be owned anyway. Darren Collison is is not owned by enough people, and we we've, we've been saying to pick him up in the past, and he's he's been playing very well lately. Hell, even even Brandon Ingram and Mario Hazonia are having decent post All Star couple weeks. Anything goes at this point. Yeah, and, and Darren Collison is out today, and sure. uh, CBS Sports said that he's likely out for a week with a knee injury. So that is not good. So I would probably and I did and not know that. You can look at it this way too. Um, I knew he was out, but a week. Ugh. That's what I mean. So here's the mm. thing: if I own Darren Collison right now, I, I might drop him. Man, if I think it's, yeah. this is going to be a really tight matchup and there's no games limit in a head-to-head league, I might say, "See you, Darren, man." You might someone else might pick you up to beat me next week when you're back healthy, but I can't afford to miss the four games, the five games, the six games, the seven games I can get from somebody else. Yeah, I apologize. I thought he was. I thought he was back. And you know, he's he's not. That's all good. We we all make mistakes, my friend. We all get. You know, I, I spent I spent a lot of time in Alaska over the All Star break. Drank a lot of Alaskan beer. Um. And, you know, I forgot about Darren Collison. I drank so much I forgot about Darren Collison. It happens to the best of us. It's rough. It's rough. It's it's, it's given uh, Bogdanovich a lot more, um, I guess, free reign to, to jack shots. Uh, Corey Joseph has been playing a lot more. Not enough. Corey Joseph hasn't been playing well enough to um, – Really tickle my fancy at all. Corey Joseph, pretty decent NBA, real life NBA player, sure. not a good fantasy player. Now worth a stream if you're. He is. He does get the occasional steal and the occasional decent assist night. So like you know, worth a stream if if he's around. If that's what you need. If you need those point guard, because he is going to be playing with Darren Collison out. Um, let's see who who else is out here. Um, oh. I forgot to pour one out for one of my old, old friends, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy G. Buckets. Um, horrible, horrible news for Buckets. He will be out probably the rest of the season. That They haven't ruled that out yet. But definitely for uh, the rest of the fantasy season. Unless you know something I don't know, Tyler. Well, I mean, they've been kind of ambiguous about this injury, but yeah, you got to think. Unless, okay, let let me try to figure out a good way to phrase this. Um, he's out for the rest of the fantasy season, as far as being fantasy relevant. Like, even if your season, like if you're in a roto league and it goes all the way to the end, I could see him maybe coming back, like for the last game or two, and then like just trying to get him a few minutes to get his legs under him. Yeah, what's the best case scenario? He plays like the last five games of the season, and he plays like somewhere between twelve and twenty minutes a game, right? Yeah. Especially if they you know what I mean, like they're they're in the playoffs, or whatever, and they want to try to get his feet under him for the playoff run. Yeah. Um, but what are the chances of that? They don't seem very good right now. Perhaps he should not have been playing thirty-seven minutes a night uh, after playing the most minutes in the NBA for like five the last five seasons. Um, perhaps. Thibodeau is going to run his career into the ground like he run it ran a lot of other players' careers into the ground. Uh, but 
I I was waiting for them to come out of Minnesota and tell me if this was minor surgery or major surgery. And I, I don't know if I've heard uh, uh, for sure about that. Oh, I, I, I mean, I, I think things about the whole situation have been very tight-lipped. Um, and, and that's suspicious. That, that starts with a reeking of a Kawhi Leonard, who also uh, is having his own issues still. Somehow it is, is March, and we're still having a, a, a Kawhi Leonard issue. Yeah, right. And, and Butler had that meniscus. I mean, they, that was all the I've heard, and all you can find is meniscus surgery. Yeah. But, it's been well, a, like a week. So, I mean, like, so there are two kinds of meniscus surgeries. Um, one, you're out for a very long time. The other one, they, they do a much less invasive procedure, and you can actually come back in usually like two to three weeks. But the only problem with that is, and that's the one Dwayne Wade had early in his career. And basically it has some very debilitating long-term effects. And that's why you've seen Dwayne Wade be sat out games in the past and have a lot of knee troubles is he kind of blames it on that, having that quick uh, meniscus surgery that allowed him to come back really fast. And so I don't know that Jimmy Butler would want to do that for his long-term health. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's only, he's 28. He's only 28. That's still, there's still another contract to be had for Jimmy Butler. And granted, he uh, he's getting paid now, which he fully deserves. Um, but I don't think uh, probably in his best interest to just risk it just because Minnesota is going to make the playoffs. Speaking of old men who have been great fantasy players, oh. what do you think about old Dwayne Wade going down the stretch here? Not oh. playing a ton of minutes. But old Dwayne's been kind of sneaky good here lately. If there was a time of year where Dwayne Wade would show up, it certainly would be in garbage time. Um, I mean, it's certainly been interesting since he's been back in Miami. They are definitely playing him. I mean, I I don't know if I could own a guy who's as inconsistent at this stage of his career as Dwayne Wade is, and is he's inconsistent. I mean, that's it. Like, I, sure, he might drop twenty tomorrow night, but fantasy wise, what is he doing anymore? He's not, um, you know, he's not going to block shots like he he used to down the stretch. He's just he's just not. Um, He's mediocre at everything. He doesn't hit threes. I will say I'm this. I'm not excited. I'm not excited about owning. I maybe stream him. Like, I didn't think I would stream Dwayne Wade this year, and it's certainly on my mind now, but I'm I'm not interested. Standard and, league. And we'll circle back to, to the playoff thing, okay? If I know, and, and I shouldn't say this, if I believe that the other team is a heavy favorite, like let's say you know a nine category league, he's a heavy, pretty heavy favorite in five categories, right? So I know I have to win one of those categories to beat the guy. Okay, maybe one of those categories is points. Okay, I would maybe stream Dwayne Wade over the steadier player like Jamichael Green. Okay, because sure, Jamichael Green's gonna get you like ten to twelve points. Pretty much every single game, right? We can agree on that. Like, there's mm-hmm. there's very little variance there. Okay, 
But if I'm an underdog, I'm going to stream a guy like Dwayne Wade over that because Dwayne Wade might get you six, but he might get you 25. That's true. It's a risk-reward type of, type of move. And um, you can strike gold. You play him for the right two games, and there's an extra 40, 50 points on your uh, on your roster. And that's a pretty good stream. He's playing tonight. He's playing at Washington tomorrow. Tonight he only had 12 points. I mean, and it was against the Suns, right? Like, you see, that seems like a good high-paced matchup. But against the Lakers in a good high-paced matchup, he got you 25. In Philly in a high, probably pretty high-paced matchup, he got you 27. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and this is the kind of uh, a strategy uh, is I'm going to look for high-variance players if I'm an underdog. If I need points, I don't want some steady Eddie, I'm getting you 12, 13 points every game guy. If I need points, maybe need if, if points. that's if that's the if I would take that guy if they got four if they got four games this week, uh, you know you're gonna get a steady something, but you have another roster spot. There's no reason to take the guy who's got three games this week who's gonna be steady and eight to twelve points a game. Who cares? Go yeah. big or go home. So I mean, like if you need if you need especially if you feel like you're down and you need some big high variance numbers, like you gotta go for a high variance player. You can't go for the steady Eddie. So there's another strategy. Like, and and what I like to do too, if I'm picking a streamer, is I'll look back at like the last ten or twelve games for a guy, right? If I see like every game is eight to twelve points, like you're saying, I'm probably gonna be like, uh, no, I'm behind, man. I need someone with a lot more higher variance. And then I look at someone like Dwayne Wade. I see some threes. I see some sixes. I see some eight point games, but I also see some twenty fives and some twenty sevens. It's. I think it's worth a. Uh, it's worth the risk, right? Why not? We got to lose, especially in the playoffs. Um, I did want to mention. I, I don't want to say. You know what? What do you uh, when we talk about Jimmy Butler? Uh, your feelings on that roster now that Jimmy Butler is um, is going to be out for the year. A lot of people are expecting Wiggins to step up, and um, you know I don't know. I'm uh, I'm a little hesitant to crown Andrew Wiggins as someone who's going to be staying in the league relevant with Jimmy Beller out because, you know, Andrew Wiggins in the past hasn't really been that standard league relevant without Jimmy Beller. Oh, no, I think Jeff Teague takes a little bit more of a, a scoring role and, and that's good for me in, in the leagues that I own him. And, you know, uh, he's probably a player we'll talk about in our season wrap-up show in the sense that I think you and I were a little bit higher on him than the consensus. And in a lot of ways, I think he delivered on what we thought and, and not what everyone else thought. Um, but we, we could talk about that at a later yeah, date. A lot of people were out on Jeff Teague, and Jeff Teague has had a great year, both in head-to-head and Roto. Now, the injury hurt him a little bit, right? Like, he, he missed some time with that knee injury and you know on that freaky play where he got his leg trampled. Yeah. Um but as far as Andrew Wiggins goes, like I think we know what Andrew Wiggins is. I mean, look at Andrew Wiggins' numbers; like they're very, very consistent. And even with Jimmy Butler this year, like they've been very consistent. And sure, he might push up closer to twenty points a game. I mean, in each of the last five games, he scored twenty. Yeah, the scoring is up, right? He's shooting more threes for some reason. But the rest of the numbers aren't up. You know what I mean? Like the rebounds aren't up, the assists no. aren't up. The steals aren't up. Like we we know what he is in every category, 
But instead of 18 points, it's probably 20 now that Jimmy's out. Yeah, he's not. He's just not a scorer. Like last year, uh, without Jimmy Butler, 23 points, four rebounds, one steal, a little over three, 45%. Okay, cool. That's some really great scoring. Those are the, you know, fantastic. He's not doing anything else. Yeah, and I mean, we talk about this a lot, right? Like, he's the type of guy in fantasy, like, I'm not super excited to own in the sense that, like, two rebounds for my small forward or two assists for a game for my small forward, like, no, that's not very good. Like, four rebounds, like, that kind of stinks. A steal, but nothing more. Like, okay, half a block, like, 0.6 blocks. He's pretty consistently 0.6 blocks a game. Like, okay, that's all right, but it's not really what I want. It's, like, just a very hollow 20 points. Yeah, actually, um, probably like the most unsung, boring, but a like below the radar, real good entire season has been Taj Gibson. And you know, Taj, I, I think, still has the same type of value, you know, even with Jimmy Butler out. Uh, I don't think really anyone else is going to get too much more fantasy value with Butler out. I know Bialicha is uh, is starting, but like I think we know who that guy is too. Yeah, and I mean he's just. I mean. Name something like people were saying this, like, uh, were asking me, you know, on Twitter, is he a must pick up? And I'm like, hmm. like, he's gonna play a lot of minutes. I think he's like a pickup. I take but a flyer he... on him, like, I would take a flyer on Justice Winslow. Sure, but I say, isn't he like a streamer? I mean, just look at the numbers since Butler's been out, like, okay, 33, 34, 34, 45 minutes, like, great minutes, and the production has been. Very middling. I mean, he's averaging 10 points in those four games. Now, he did get four steals in a game, so that number looks a lot sexier than it should. Mm-hmm. He's gotten you one block in the four games. He's gotten you eight assists in the four games. Mm-hmm. Now, the rebounds do look pretty good. I mean, he's gotten you okay. 12, 8, 7, but only four in that 45-minute game. Like, he just he just doesn't do anything for fantasy. Like, he's not a, a big statistical contributor. And... The rest of the roster, it's like, you know, Tibbs don't play the bench, so forget that. Yeah, they're all done. Sorry, Gorgeous Dang. RIP. You were great for two years. Yeah, that was another one of our, our great calls this year was we were telling people, like, don't pick him, man. Don't take him. He's not going to start. Like, do mm-hmm. not take him. As soon as we found out Gibson was going to start, I mean, I think you and I both were like, Gotta go. No, no drafting on Gorgie Dang, and and people were saying to me like, even if he falls to your last pick, you're not gonna draft him. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not. I don't think he's gonna play. He's he's n- not relevant at 26 minutes a game. He is great at 34, 35 minutes a game. Well, yeah, it's, and here it's just because every every stat is is like a little average or above average because everything he does across the board makes him valuable. So you get that game after game after game after game, and it adds up. But you drop all that stuff, you know, half or 10%, right? His value is gone. 
But and here's the thing I said to people too, like even in a deeper league, like if I if you told me he's gonna play like the standard seven or eight man on the bench minutes, like twenty to twenty five a game. Okay, in a deeper league, I might be interested, but this is Tibbs we're talking about. Like, I don't, I don't know why people thought Tibbs was going to change his spots, right? Like, he's never, he never plays any of the bench players any minutes. So, why would he start now? I agree. Um, I'm going to keep an eye on Bielicha. I'm going to keep an eye on Justice Winslow. I might pick them up. I might hold them for a little bit, even depending on my situation. But, um, Neither one, I mean, they're not getting me excited, right? They're not giving you the tinglings? Nah. Dave Nuala was giving me a little tingle, but that's just, that's after hours tingles. Don't worry about that. Hashtag um, don't worry about that. Hashtag after hours tingles. Um, I think that's it. I think that's it for tonight, unless you had uh, anything else you wanted to, uh, if you wanted to pour one out for anybody out there or. Any other breaking news that I'm, you know, completely botched because I wasn't paying any attention when I was um, in the beautiful state of Alaska? No, I think that'll about do it. Um, we will have plenty more chances to discuss some of these players. Um, and some of these players that, you know, I mean, we'll see some. The, I, I feel like the news this time of year gets very, very important to follow. And, and maybe this is our last kind of playoff tip, right? Like some of these teams will start saying like the Suns might say like, we're going to rest Tyson Chandler for the rest of the season at any point. They could just be like, yeah, he's just not going to play anymore. Yeah. Kyrie sat out tonight. I was like, Oh God, no. The bull or not tonight, but um, no, it's tonight. Yeah. And tonight. bull still off. Nick- Nick Friedel, a man you probably know well, I do. reported that he could miss multiple games with a knee injury. Yeah. So not looking good for Mr. Irving. No, but, you know, go pick up your uh, favorite Boston point guard. Give him a stream. Terry Rozier, man. I'd pick him up right now. Yeah. Rozier's been good when he's when when this has happened in the past. So go pick him up. Well, and uh, they started Shane Larkin against your Bulls, which was interesting. They're really they're trying to screw over the Bulls because Boston is, as you remember, worth less money as a championship contender than the Bulls organization is worth as one of the worst teams in the league. They started Larkin, but only played him sixteen minutes. Rozier played thirty-two, ended up with three rebounds, seven assists, and thirteen points. Those scum Bostonites are are trying to uh, screw up the tank, and I, I don't respect that. Uh, I, I might have to go visit their city and tell them what I think about them. I think they'll enjoy that. I think they'll yeah. enjoy your 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 tourism dollars. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't talk crap when I'm in another person's city because you know it's another person's city. Even if you do have trashy people there, there's trashy people in all cities. I just, there seems to be more in certain cities, like Boston and Philadelphia. But if you've listened for this long, I got one more player I'll ask you about. Oh, all right. And this has been. You didn't want me to rant about how much trashy some people on the East Coast are. No, no, because I figured you'd just get us in trouble with our our, 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 our many followers. And uh... you know what? I don't care. 
and strange dates. So Julius Randall, that wow. man has been just crazy good in the That's month of February. In the, month the Lakers are on the up. Uh, Brandon Ingram is going to be out for, I believe, like a week, maybe even two. Does this make Julius Randle the most overrated player again next year, though? Mm, no. I feel like it could. Someone's definitely going to overrate somebody else. Um, well, But he has I, I, been, you know, a must-own player over the last uh, – since the All-Star break. Yeah, and I mean, even at 25 minutes a game, like you look at his, his season stats, I mean, shooting – a really good field goal percentage, a decent free throw percentage, seven and a half rebounds, two and a half assists, 15.1 points, just still no blocks and nope. and steals, no three-pointers. Like he, he's a very difficult guy to own. Now for us this season, sure, you're going to ride him. Like the points and rebounds have been amazing for the last two months. But I feel like he might just be making a push to get paid. And – Behind the scenes, the Lakers have said, right, like that his work ethic is kind of not the best. And I- I'm worried about this guy once he gets a contract. Let's put it that way. Oh, yeah. 100%. And, I, you know, I don't, even if he's playing for a contract like he is right now, like now, like, okay, good. Those are really great numbers. They're very, very good. I'm not, I'm not seeing him as a, as a long term asset. Because he does this for a couple, a week or two at a time, some in the past, and then it disappears. That's true. Even with the consistent playing time, uh, I just, you know, I don't, I don't trust him. I'll, I'll ride the hot hand. It's playoffs, man. Ride the hot hand. But you know, until he proves otherwise, and also that Lakers situation or his situation becomes different. I'm I'm not I'm not looking forward. Not even going to consider drafting him next year. Oh, I don't know about that. I'm not considering I mean, it. If he if he's nope. valued properly, I will consider drafting him. But not he even, won't be. If he's on good. the Lakers, he won't be because he never is when he's on the Lakers. Nope. But if he if he changes teams and goes to like. I don't know. Name a city, Utah, where they like. I feel like Utah's players are always a little bit undervalued. That's true. You know, what I mean, like if he goes to a smaller market, like team that's kind of under the radar, often that'd be interesting to see him with Rudy Gobert. Well, and and here's the thing too, right? Like, I mean, like he was going what in like the '60s and '70s this year, and we kept saying that that's way too high for him. Like, if I can get oh, yeah. Julius Randle with my last pick, like. 120. You know what I mean? Like, mm. and he, it, I'd, I'd pick it just in the hopes that he has that, the stretches that he, like the, the good stretch that he always has right in the beginning of the season. If and, you then could, you could, and then you could, and then you could pass him off, pass him off to the your local Laker fan. That's it. Because we talk about this all the time, right? Like those last few picks, what do we, what do we pick those guys for, right? We pick them for the home run upside and the ability to go, Oh, you're not hitting. We're cutting you and getting somebody else. Yeah, you know what I mean. The so, immediate drop or the oh hell yeah, this guy's great. And, and and I'd say eight times, maybe eight times out of ten, nine times out of ten, those guys that you pick late who who bust out at the beginning of the season or maybe a couple months, even a couple months into the season, 
they're the best trade high guys. Like not, not hardly any of them become, you know, like I said, two out of 10 become very good fancy players out of nowhere, but most of them have like really good hot streaks. And then they kind of revert back to the mean and they should be moved. They should be moved. Every hot, most hot hands should actually be moved. Yeah, I'm with you there, and so that's what I mean. Like, I feel like if he's in that range, and I don't think he will be, especially at least. I mean, I said this: if he's on the Lakers, he won't be. No. But if I could get him there, like after pick a hundred, like he's one of my bench players, I'd consider it just just to trade that. You know, hope he gets hot and trade him. Yeah, why not? So, I think that is it for tonight. Uh, we'll wrap this up. If you guys like what you're here on the podcast. We, we really appreciate you guys listening all throughout this season. And uh, if you got any questions about the playoffs, things you want to hear on the podcast, we are going to be doing some end-of-the-year reviews. We're going to be looking forward to next season, uh, probably talking about some interesting keepers, people to look out for. Um, the end of the season becomes a little bit of weird time because a lot of you head-to-head players give up on the end of the season um, because your playoffs are over. And you've already won the league, and you thank us for helping you win the league. That's cool. But for the rest of you guys out there, you Roto guys and your Keeper League guys, Dynasty Leagues, uh, we'll be here to answer all your questions, give you insight into next year. And if you like what you're hearing, please rate and review us. We really, really appreciate that. That helps us a lot. And, of course, tweet at us. You can tweet at me at WatchTheBoxes or Tyler at Watsy. That's two Ts. Four 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 four. Uh, Tyler, any anything else to plug? No, that's it. I, I'm feeling bad for the Cincinnati Hoops team right now. Um, what happened? The Lady Cincinnati Hoops were down tonight, forty three to five at the half against UConn. Oh, oh boy. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I'm not sure they should play those games. I don't think UConn should like UConn should have to like play themselves in a scrimmage. I feel like they win the the women's national championship. Like people would watch that every year. They they used to over the last few years. There's been a little uh, change in that, but um, I would you know I think they should have like a B squad, like where they 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 field UConn A and UConn B, and they're both in the tournament. Dude, what if they would play each other in the finals some of those years, man? I feel like they got bench players that are like better than the other team's best player. They, they do. And I, 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 for the life of me, can't understand why you would want, if you were like bench good to be on UConn, but you were obviously great enough to like the, what's the fourth best team in, in women's basketball? Who knows? Um, but you would be like a baller starter star on like the fifth best team, sixth best team. I don't know why you don't go to the sixth best team. People well, I mean, like, hear your name. Cause you want to win the national title, man. Mm. Mm. Does this mean anything anymore? It's, there's all the corruption. Um, NCAA is horrible. They need to pay these kids. Like, I don't know. Is the national championship really that big of a deal anymore? Uh, well, I mean, it's like the old debate people have about like, would you rather be the backup quarterback on the Patriots or the starter on the Chiefs? I'd rather be the starter on the Chiefs. No, dude, I'd rather be the backup on the Patriots, dude. Well, I mean, 
I make that's a, that's five, a loaded five, question. I make like five million dollars a year. Probably never play, and I yeah. win Super Bowl every year. I mean, like it just seems like a good gig to have. That's a loaded question because, like, am I good enough to play? Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, if you're the starter on the Chiefs, you're good enough to play, right? Like, if you're good enough to be the starter on the Chiefs or the starter on any team, you're yeah. Good it, isn't, it isn't my athletic ability on this as a starter on the Chiefs. Right. That would like, be I would a, never want to be the star. Uh, like, if I had my athletic ability, I wouldn't want to be the starter no. for anyone because I would die in the first yeah, time I got tackled. Immediately dead. Like some three hundred pound man would tackle me, and I would my life would be over. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't need that kind of strife in my life. Um, I don't need all them concussions. Stay out of football. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Um, pour one out for whoever UConn is smoking right now. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Poor Cincinnati. Those and um, Bearcats. I'm not sure they have daily fantasy college hoops, but Draft.com does have daily fantasy games for you know, all all the, all the major sports, including baseball. I believe baseball is coming up. Don't quote me on that. Um, but for mostly basketball, and if you're good at Roto or head-to-head fantasy basketball leagues, you will be good at Draft.com. I think you'll have a leg up on a lot of the other people who don't play those types of games because you do do a snake draft before each night's games it is and, and baseball starts early this year i will say that on the 28th it starts oh, so we, we we did the the same thing that basketball did and we decided to start like a week early so we could oh, spread the schedule a little bit more so if you're into wait. baseball oh, if you're into baseball the, the draft.com will be available and i feel like it might be pretty I won't say I won't say easy, but if you're if you know a lot about baseball, you could probably take advantage of some people on Draft.com by playing some matchups that they're not even going to be looking at. You know that's true. I wasn't even thinking of that. Obviously, there's an overlap between our fantasy audience and uh, people who are obsessed with fantasy sports of all kinds, and uh, fantasy baseball being um, definitely the um, the real analytics fantasy sport. Um, a lot of time, a lot of effort. And I respect the people who who put that kind of time and effort in. And that's a really good point. If you're good at fantasy baseball, you're going to be really good at draft.com. And if you use the promo code boxes, you will get a free, even for baseball, you will get a free first entry to your first game after you deposit, uh, after signing up. That is the promo code boxes, B-O-X-E-S. I think that is it for this evening. We will be uh, seeing all of you soon. Good luck out there on the playoffs, everybody, and have a good night.